Welcome to TalkEerie.com's Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast. Every day, we tackle the biggest issues that the Erie PA region faces. Stay informed and involved as we advance the narrative of Erie. Now, here's Joel Natale. Kurt, thanks so much for coming back on the show. Joel, it's my pleasure. Um, A hearty welcome to everybody who's online. Thank you so much for having me. You got it. All right, so... Um, again, let, let's remind folks of the mission of Yuma, the Erie United Methodist Alliance, and you know how you bring value to our community. Yeah, um, we um, so are so grateful for the individuals, organizations, um, corporations, churches that get behind EUMA in our effort to end homelessness. We are a public charity. We are yours. Um, We are stewards of the resources that you provide to us to make homelessness in Northwestern Pennsylvania rare, brief, and one time. Mm. Boy, that is that aspirational or do you ever cross the finish line on that every once in a while? Yeah, I mean, it is absolutely our goal. This is what we are striving for each day. And for thousands of families with kids, veterans, singles and youth experiencing a housing crisis it is a reality wow wow that you're able to really do uh to bring to to work through that all right all right so is just like in anything erie has a lot of narratives okay so one of the narratives that seems to be cropping up uh, this time or uh, you know right around now is that homelessness is getting out of control in Erie, Pennsylvania. And so my first question is, is it because it's a seasonal thing that you just might, because you're out and about and you might be moving around downtown or other parts of the community, you are just seeing more homeless folks during the winter or during the summer, excuse me, as opposed to the winter? Yeah, I definitely think that's possible. I wouldn't, um, uh, for example, my colleagues and I just had uh, lunch this afternoon downtown at Molly Brannigan's. We were exiting Molly Brannigan's and a a young man asked us for money. Um, We had leftovers and we offered him some of our leftovers and he gladly took those and we did uh, um, encourage him to enjoy that. So I, I want to affirm the experiences that are pe- that people are having while also letting you know that uh, we track homelessness um, very, very closely. We have robust data inputs um, that we look at on a regular basis to determine whether homelessness is increasing or decreasing or staying the same in Erie County. And so what, what are you concluding uh, in... Uh... Uh, in late summer, early fall, is it up? Uh, uh, we're getting that data. We're trying to make um, some predictions. I have some concerns about us going into the winter, especially now that the eviction moratorium has been lifted. Has been lifted. I do anticipate more families with kids, especially, but also singles um, as well re-entering the homeless system or entering the homeless system for the first time. And we just don't have data on that yet. We have anecdotal evidence to suggest that we think that's going to happen. The last time that you, uh, that the home team or whoever does this kind of, uh, you know, one night does the count. I know that they do that. I don't know what, what time of year that you all do that, but uh, did it show a trending 
to more homelessness or a trending to more folks uh, finding homes? Yeah, so that's a perfect question. I actually have the the data points that you're asking about up on my screen now, so I can see those. Between 2019 and 2020, we were actually improving significantly. Um, that is, homelessness was decreasing. Um, I would say that the amount of resources for individuals experiencing homelessness went way up during the pandemic because of the, um, the COVID-19 public resources that were made available that helped us prevent homelessness and get people into permanent housing as quickly as possible and help them stay there. So we so these, should- these were grants that you, that you all were getting and, and, and uh, organizations like you, you know, extraordinary grants either from the state or from the feds to, to just attack this. So, because again, you wanted to keep people away from each other so they didn't get each other sick, right? You didn't want people to be congregating in care. That is absolutely correct. So we've, we've used those resources to make homelessness rarer, briefer, and hopefully one time. Those resources, while many of those resources are still available, I do think the eviction moratorium is going to change the picture a bit, not for the positive. I do think we're going to see more individuals entering the homeless system with at a time when housing costs are rising and the number of very affordable housing options are decreasing. So we have phenomenal, phenomenal landlords in our community with whom we work to um, help those experiencing a housing crisis. And, and they have limits on the number of units they have. It is very difficult right now to get people into very affordable housing. Okay, so that seems to be a whole other layer that we're dealing with here. <clears throat> do you get any sense as you as you do these counts that that we are becoming that we are even more of a destination that maybe some of the homeless that we are are that are on our streets or some of the folks that are panhandling are not from Erie? Do you and I know that's probably going to be an anecdotal thing, but uh do you get any sense of that? I mean, I guess we always have people coming and going, but with our resource, with the resource-rich context that Erie is, is it a draw? Yeah, I'm not sure that we're unique, especially with the finances that were made available throughout the United States through the CARES Act and others. Other communities would have those. There is definitely no question a transitory nature to some of the persons experiencing a housing crisis that we meet. So um, EUMA operates our neighbor's place seasonal overflow shelter that operates between November and March each year. And we know because we track the data on this that the majority of the people that we serve, it's, it's a brief time and then we never see them again. They don't show up back in the system. So it's there is some transitory um, uh, the the transit transitional folks are yeah. showing whether they resolve on their own or somewhere else here I, I I don't know that because they're not showing up in our system all right I I, I, I want I want to bring it down to a very mm -hmm. understandable level here because again we've we've mentioned multiple layers and we're going to talk about some of the some of the extraordinary circumstances of the pandemic Um 
All right. If if I was a um, if I was a single person and without a home, maybe I do a lot of couch surfing or or you know uh, you know it, it's you know I'm having you know domestic trouble or what have you, mm-hmm. and I'm out and about. Uh, what is the likelihood that someone would be uh, on the street during the summer because it's just you know it's it's not as as trying to be out in the elements, but then maybe be in either our neighbor's place or in 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 a shelter during the winter? Is that a lifestyle that's that's common or no? Yeah, absolutely. We know with certainty that there are individuals in our community who live outdoors or in places that aren't meant for habitation um, during the summer months and we will see them back in our neighbor's place and other shelters come winter and we know that's true Uh, we're working with them diligently to help um, build relationships so that we can offer them permanent housing um, so that they don't have to remain outdoors if they don't want to. But there are those folks. I can't give you a number. That's okay. But- I, I just wanted to. I'm, I'm trying to identify different lifestyles. So there is yeah. a, there is that lifestyle. If Correct. if they did want a house mm-hmm. or a home or you know something at the lodge or at 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 your place, um, mm-hmm. um, it, you know, sure. is there always availability or is that? Be- I mean, are is there a situation that sometimes the doors are shut? Right. So our goal in Erie County is for anybody who wants a shelter bed, we we're working towards the day when they are available. So during the winter months, I think we get closer to that day because our neighbor's place opens up and we have we are that shelter of last resort. So if you're banned at other shelters, if you um, are unable to enter the shelters because of restrictions to your access because you're intoxicated, because you're, you've been banned, you can come to our neighbor's place. So we have a better uh, sense of the number of beds needed in our community. And we, in the winter, with emergency hotel vouchers, anybody who wants a shelter bed can get it. The summer, it is, I, I can't answer that confidently. I would also say that we're working towards the day when anybody who wants permanent housing can get on a pathway to permanent housing and eventually get that. I think we're we're close, but the challenge has been the affordable housing. EUMA is building up our own permanent housing portfolio to address some of the need, and we would target specifically those individuals who are experiencing housing crisis. Um, but I would love to see very affordable housing um, you know, increased in our community. What where it really gets dicey is when it's families that are homeless, and you, mm-hmm. uh, you, you guys uh, at EUMA, uh, you know, have a particular, um, you know, particular ministry to to families. Sure. Um, how does that work? First off, would would families that find themselves out of a home, let's say they get convict, uh, they get evicted, more than likely they're going to be with with relatives for a little while until maybe that bridge is burned, right? Uh, what name? Can you describe the situation, you know, for the audience? Yeah, of course, and I appreciate you asking. Um, anybody who's experiencing a housing crisis in Erie County should have this number, and that is eight one 
814-SHELTER, S-H-E-L-T-E-R. Again, that's 814-SHELTER. Anybody experiencing a housing crisis, whether you are late on rent and have been given an eviction notice or whether you're literally homeless or you have um, a youth um, that's kind of been hanging out at your, your home and you kind of think he's homeless, if you have a housing crisis of any kind, you call 814-SHELTER and our uh, colleagues at uh, Erie County Care Management will assess that person for the appropriate housing intervention. It might be shelter um, and it also might be permanent housing depending on the situation. And that goes for individuals, youth and, and families with kids. Um, when we get the referral for a family who's experiencing a housing crisis, uh, we will welcome, if we have the space, we welcome them into our 34-bed um, emergency shelter for families with kids called The Refuge. And once they're there, they're provided with their own private room. We keep dads in the same room. We welcome single dads with their families into EUMA's The Refuge. We're a low barrier shelter. That means that uh, we do not restrict access. However the family presents, we welcome you. And then we are actively working to help you through an assessment to determine what barriers exist that are keeping you from getting and keeping housing. And our goal is 30 days or less. So you're with us 30 days with the expectation that at that 30 day mark, you are well on your way to getting a permanent home of your own. Well, that's a, that, brings, that brings a lot of hope if you ask me. I mean, that, that's pretty um, uh, uh, amazing that, um, you could take somebody who's in crisis and give them a pathway uh, to to some to some peace. Really, really yeah. remarkable. And, and Joe, I would add. I mean, it works. Does it work all the time? Of course not. But we're tracking those numbers. Our goal is for it to work 100% of the time, knowing that it doesn't always. But the overwhelming majority of the time, we are a hand up to people who need it. We are. We're not about handouts. We want to assist people to make the best decisions for their families. And with a little bit of help, most everybody can. Um, uh, Sean, I remember uh, Shonda, who's currently on staff with us. Um, she and her family became homeless after um, her work situation broke down and she was unable to um, keep up with her rent. She became homeless along with her kids. They came to EUMA's refu the refuge after calling 814 shelter. We welcomed them. Um, we were able to uh, enroll them in our rapid rehousing program that provides first month's rent, deposit, and rental subsidy based on income. Move them into a permanent home of their own where she still is after two plus years um, and is now on staff with us. Uh, her kids are doing well in school. She's doing fantastic. It was a great hire, right? So it works. The system does work. Does it work all the time? Of course not. But we're always striving to have stories like Shonda's. We're trying to get our arms around homelessness uh, at this point of the pandemic because it is uh, it is different. Kurt, I mean, it's categorically, it's totally different than it was last September when we were fully under all of those government uh, rules. The the extra, what was it, six or six hundred dollars a week in unemployment sure. and so on. So, um, so my question, my question to you is, is again. Uh, in a lot of ways, I would imagine that the that the CARES Act funding, that the extra unemployment, that the 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 help with um, you know you know direct gift direct cash 
child tax credit, um, the uh, eviction moratorium that all had to be helpful for those that let's say that, you know, maybe we're working in uh, food and restaurant and mm. could not uh, could not work last fall. But now they're there's people that are desperate to bring them back and they may not want to go back for whatever reason. Maybe it's a a fear of COVID or whatever. I guess my question is, is that were those things helpful or, or not when you, when you consider all of your experience in, in, in this field of homelessness? Sure. And as, and as your listeners know, and as you know, it's, it's not binary, right? Like, yes, it helped many, 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 many people. We have had former um, a, a former veteran who was experiencing housing crisis. He and his wife talked to me on a regular basis. They've been permanently housed for over five years now. And he told me this has been so helpful to have these extra resources while he's still working, which he applies to future rent, right? So for those who um, use the the resources responsibly and don't have other barriers to permanent housing that they're experiencing, like um, addiction issues um, that, that came to the forefront again because they now had cash or severe mental illness that was um, ag- uh, aggravated because they were in isolation for so long, right? So, um, and for those folks, it didn't help. And those are the folks that we are definitely um, anticipating seeing back in the homeless system and are ready to welcome them and move them back onto a pathway to permanent housing. So the answer is yes and no, of course. Yeah, it, it, it's a both and. And it, it, it just begs the question, could we could we make it – could we connect the dots between – uh, this basic anecdotal uh, visual of seeing, boy, it just seems like there's a lot more homeless people in Erie right now, to the impact of of this, kind of like the the dark side of the extra funding. Mm. Could, I mean, I, I again, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just wondering. You don't have to answer that, but I, I again, you, you're the expert, but. Uh, yeah, and of course, um, uh, it would be conjecture, right? And I right. do think some of this is going to only be able to be knowledgeably talked about once we get the data, and we're waiting on the data. Um, okay. We're going to be able to have this conversation six months from now, and and I'd be able to speak to it a little more knowledgeably because we'll actually have numbers to look at. Um, My understanding is that that folks in your field, though you know, have been armed with a lot of resources in the last 18 months, right? Because of the, because of the funding, because of how the state has been kind of really, uh, you know, funneling and, and being wide open about all this stuff. And, and of course, you know, we're, we're hearing, we're seeing the advertising every week about rental assistance from uh, Erie County Care Management. Uh, Kathy Dahlkemper is always talking about, hey, we've, we've, uh, you know, tranced out uh, two million plus or whatever, and so you're like you're hoping that hey, are we are we are we you know making a, a difference here? Yeah, uh, money right now is there's there's a great deal of it, um, and I would say that I am confident that it the rental assistance is helping hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of families stay in their home. 
um, the additional homeless prevention funds and the homeless um, housing funds, whether it's shelter or permanent housing, is helping get people moved into permanent housing. Um, and if you only have a limited supply of very affordable housing, all the money in the world is not going to help unless it's allocated to creating more very affordable housing. Um, all the Section 8 in the world, um, wait, we've talked about this in the past, there, there are long, long waiting lists to get yeah. on to Section 8. Um, and uh, for me, it really would be a desire to see our community focus more on creating affordable housing. And certainly EUMA is doing that. And we've only started doing that five, six, seven years ago with the gift of a, um, a two-unit flat. Um, the family that donated that to us felt called to do that, to create a place for youth who were experiencing a housing crisis um, and were involved in the Office of Children and Youth were, um, have a place to transition, right? That, it, that Those are the ones that are aging out of the foster system? Is that what you're talking about? Joel, they are. So we know, capital N, we know based on data across the United States and in Erie County, youth who are involved with um, um, the Office of Children and Youth, if their Office of Children and Youth involved, are disproportionately more likely to enter the homeless system. We know wow. this to be true. Wow. An expert on homelessness in Erie and Kurt, I want to, uh, you know, we were kind of taking a look at the picture of where we're at um, at this moment in the pandemic, but I kind of want to broaden the uh, broaden the lens out a little bit. And and something that I've I've known about, and if I know about it, most people know about it, is uh, that affordable housing in Erie is more of a narrative or even an urban myth vis-a-vis -vis, um, reality. And, and again, it's the tale of two eeries, unfortunately. If you can get credit, you could probably buy a decent house for cheap. Mm -hmm. But if you have no credit, you're messed up. Mm -hmm. Can you uh, bring your expertise on all that? Yeah, of course. I mean, I, that's I think... It's not unique now. I think we may be exacerbating the problem right now with with the resources that we have available. Um, I think inflation is real. Uh, rents in Erie are going up. Um, for those organizations that have CARES Act funding available, we can pay that. So right, so your the uh, the ability to pay higher rents is there, which quite frankly, is squeezing out individuals who are trying to make it work on their own. Um, I don't, landlords are, our landlords that we work with are fantastic. And I believe 100% that the overwhelming majority of them are working with us because they want to change the trajectory of people's lives and move them from homelessness to a permanent home of their own. Uh, the reality is they have costs also. Right. So yeah. things are going up. Repairs are going up. Access to lumber, the cost of right. You know, all of these things to be true. And so that inflation is increasing rents um, that I think is going to put pressure on folks who are trying to make it on their own because their rents are going up, too. Um, and that may increase the number of people entering the homeless system if we can't 
keep them in their home, which is what we want to do. So so the concept of uh, and I know this has been a long time ago where you could get you can get a flat for 350 to 500 with a couple bedrooms, you know, in the inner city, mind you, might be West 18th, it might be, uh, you know, uh, East 21st, but you could live you could live comfortably with a with uh, 800 square feet and 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 be okay. That that no longer is 500. That's what 800 a month. Well, not not quite 800, okay. but it, they're definitely going up. Um, one of the things that we love about our landlords is their ability to work with the individuals that we're working with to bundle whenever possible uh, utilities. Um, even um, Wi-Fi or uh, internet when when it's possible um, because of individuals that we're working with history of um, back rent, back utilities. Um, so again, our landlords are fantastic. I would say that rents are going up. Um, it's it's harder to get an affordable apartment and it's not i i don't fault the landlords yeah. either um talk about the strategy that the the larger organizations that are members of the home team are taking we hear about um you know we hear about hands doing this and we hear about community shelter services doing that what yuma's uh, euma is doing you know with uh, with your build outs of housing uh, is is it just it, it it's it's a good start, but it does it, but the demand is so much higher. Is that the answer to that? Um, I I would love we have definitely improved, um, and there's always room for greater collaboration. Um, and by that I mean, uh, let me give you one positive example. So yeah. UMA and other organizations are partnering with uh, community care behavioral health folks to identify individuals who are both, who are frequent users of the system, um, of the housing system and the behavioral health system, and working more closely and collaboratively to not only identify those folks, but to wrap them with the housing, behavioral health, um, and other services necessary to keep those folks off the streets into permanent housing and reducing their inpatient use of um, mental health facilities or other behavioral health facilities. Um, we, we know who they are. Um, we know that they need additional resources because the data shows that they just keep cycling into the system and out of the system and into the system and out of and the I system. And I would imagine that's very expensive, especially when they go into the, into the hospital or what have you, right? I mean, that's got to be in, insanely expensive if, um, if it's on a cycle like that. It is. There is many. There are many, many uh, reports um, across the United States and in some white papers that we've produced at EUMA that shows one one individual can cost a community hundreds, if not millions of dollars, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, because of their homelessness. There's a real cost to homelessness. It is far, far, far cheaper and better for the person to just put them into permanent housing, right? It sounds simple, but data show that it is far less expensive and far better for the individual if we can get them into permanent housing. And, and the community in Erie is, is collaborat collaborating on this particular issue with the chronically homeless in a way that's um, long in coming and really very encouraging. 
Help me understand this again. I'm trying to kind Mm -hmm. of package all the conversations that I have. So we have these conversations with the mayor about blight Mm -hmm. and and about uh, tearing down uh, bad homes so that we have good homes. But then in, you know, in the same week, we could have a conversation with you and saying there's just not enough affordable housing. So it's not necessarily that there, there are not enough structures but it's it's really the right kind of housing the uh, that that will is functional. I mean, we basically have housing stock that doesn't function the way that you guys need it. Is that accurate? Yeah, and again, it's not binary. It's it's yes, I agree. I think we absolutely one hundred percent need um, to address blight in our city. hundred um, percent. I do think the EDDC has a very difficult and uh, a balancing act, right? So um, it's both and. I I don't think we have to um, reduce one to achieve the other. Um, EUMA is deliberately increasing our permanent housing stock, targeting individuals who have experienced a housing crisis, knowing that our, our, um, our goal is not to make money, but it is to house individuals Um, who've experienced a housing crisis, who may be actively addicted, who may have severe mental illness, who have previously not been successful in traditional um, housing. Um, We we don't evict unless we absolutely have to, right? Like I can go to them and we can, um, through my motivational interviewing training, I can support them and wrap them with services that I don't expect our landlords to do. But unless you've got folks like EUMA increasing their housing stock, some of these folks will slip through the cracks. They will end up in the homeless system. They will end up being chronically homeless. Um, it's not a. It's not a. Um, it's not something that only the city can solve. It's something that I think we have to work collaboratively with um, our for-profit and nonprofit partners to achieve. And I think we actually are doing fairly well. I mean, we don't always get it right, but I think that's working fairly well. I want to get your opinion on uh, the conversations I've had about the downtown partnership mm-hmm. providing um, um, concierges, especially in Perry Square. The idea is that uh, there are people that may be either acting out or uh, you know are, are dealing with uh, mental health issues or so on, that, and and the, that it's basically kind of worrisome for those that are trying to bring back Erie and bring back jobs and raise the economy and raise all the boats, which would help uh, those that are uh, in lower income categories. But we, but, uh, but they need uh, basic services. They, you know, they installed a, a water fountain finally, and there's, there's bathrooms there because people were, you know, you know, messing up the park, frankly. And so yeah. how do you get a, I mean, how do you explain that, and how do you get around, uh, get your arms around that kind of thing? It's again, these are. I love having these conversations, right? Like it's, it's both, right? I hundred percent. I want my mother-in-law to be comfortable going to the theater at nine o'clock at night. I want her to be comfortable, and there are times where we, she may not be. Um, we need that to happen, and at the same time. Our neighbors experiencing a housing crisis and those with um, severe mental illness, those um, who are actively addicted are also neighbors. Um, This is also their city. Um, And how do we 
create an environment where we are all welcome and can live together. Um, I love the idea of um, providing um, blue codes or individuals who have um, experienced the things that our neighbors experiencing a housing crisis or, or who are in recovery have experienced. Um, they, they intuitively know how to speak respectfully and in a way that has that offers authenticity and dignity to, to folks um, that doesn't escalate, right? I, we, we is, is, it, is it interesting, though, that it's coming, uh, that that particular, um, that particular initiative is coming out of the business community? I, I guess I would have thought that the social services community would already be on this thing. Um, score one for the business community to fill a gap that the nonprofit community isn't. Um, so score one for them for identifying a gap and trying something. It may not work, okay. but score one for them for trying it. Um, I'm, let's fail and um, learn from it. Um, I don't think it necessarily will. Let's give it a try. Um, so I think it, that's fantastic. Is And again, I, this is I'm going to tread very softly here, but – do, when you when you consider what like what you said the Erie Downtown Development Corporation is doing bringing market market rate housing uh, in the mix of you know the poorest zip code in Pennsylvania um, and uh, in in you know the idea of Erie Insurance coming back to work uh, their big building um, and and again I I don't want to be so downtown focused but let's just look at downtown for a second here because this is where this conversation started from. Um, by having critical mass of a lot of different people from different socioeconomic backgrounds, does that make things easier? Does that does that does that match outcomes that uh, that folks in your field would want to mm -hmm. see? And so you're almost building some kind of a a social norm. Um, in a place like Perry Square, or in, or you know, outside the Playhouse, or you know, uh, on the way to the to UPMC Park. Yeah, Joel, I love that. Right, like it, it is a. I, I'm really scared to even ask it, but no, it's a safe I, place I, here with you, Kurt. <laughs> no, and I appreciate that, and and I am not Pollyannish, but I do hope for a community that includes individuals with severe mental illness and includes individuals who are actively addicted with the hope that yes, through the resources that we have, that they will one day live in recovery. I, I wanna live in a community that um, merges um, our neighbors so that uh, the person experiencing a housing crisis can get off the street when she wants to. Um, but if she's choosing to, to live in the park peacefully, He's choosing to live in the park peacefully and we can make her welcome. And I don't have to fear that um, we don't have the resources to protect my mother-in-law when she goes to the theater, right? So yeah. how great would it be? Um, um, it, so e I'm not looking for easy. I'm looking for um, a community with a, a level of understanding of who our neighbor is um, that transcends stereotypes, if, if that makes sense. I, I love that. I got to ask you this: uh, California and their homeless crisis has been in the mm. news a lot, and everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, I, you know, is that going to happen in Erie? Is that going to happen in Scranton or uh, you know Pittsburgh? Well, you know, is it already happening in Pittsburgh? I mean, uh, 
you know you know the lay of the land is that a situation where where we would see tent cities or see any kind of just i mean i don't think our our local rules would allow it right well i'm again i I have had the pleasure to go to conferences on an annual basis, most recently the National Alliance to End Homelessness Conference that brings providers from all over the United States, including California, to one place where we can have these conversations. I, I know some of these folks that are actively working in California, and it's breaking their hearts. Um, they have resources. Again, I go back, it's a housing. Um, housed people are not homeless people. Um, if we had housing um, to put people into um, that was a very affordable, um, California times many, many times over has a much more difficult time than we do. Quite frankly, you know, I'm complaining about our uh, affordable housing. I would take ours any day of the week um, compared to what the Californian colleagues are having to deal with there. So I appreciate you bringing that up. Joel, um, I don't anticipate that. I think we have resources available. Um, we're, we're close um, to reaching functional zero, which means anybody who wants shelter can get it. Anybody who wants permanent housing will eventually be able to get permanent housing. Um, it's taking a little bit longer because of the, um, the, the challenge to get people into very affordable housing, but it will happen, I think. I'm going to leave it there because that's a, a very optimistic and and again it that your last statement Kurt reinforced what I thought I knew about Erie and being so resource rich. Again, if you if you are addicted and you want recovery, we have a pathway for you. If you are uh, ha, you know deal with behavioral health, but you uh, you want to deal with your issues, there this is a resource rich context environment. Um, and, and so, again, that's the kind of eerie I want to live in, that people that need help get their get answers. Joel, if I may just add one thing. We've, we've been focusing on eerie, and I think that's appropriate. But I do want to remind our listeners that Corey and Waterford and Union City and Edinburgh all are experiencing – all have neighbors who are experiencing a housing crisis. Um, and so – I would encourage both Erie County, primarily Erie County, to, to be reminded that our, our neighbors to the south and to the or down county folks are also experiencing housing crises. Um, and I'm looking forward to working with Corey and Union City and Waterford and Edinburgh more to make sure that those neighbors get the resources that are available to us up here. Yeah, and unfortunately, you're dealing with blight in a lot of those places. And and uh, the housing stock that doesn't measure up. And so, again, you're in that juxtaposition in those boroughs, right? Yeah. yeah. Kurt Kreis, uh, he is executive director of Erie United Methodist Alliance. I just can't thank you enough for coming on and just answering my questions and having this uh, great conversation so that we can enlighten our listeners. And, and I certainly am feeling enlightened. Appreciate it very much, Kurt. You're very welcome. You've been listening to The Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast from TalkErie.com. Subscribe to our show on your favorite podcatcher and get involved by emailing joel at TalkErie.com.